Am I meant to have got an app or like be on a website or something, Adam? Because I'm not. But you were literally part of the conversation like, <laughs> two minutes ago. Imagine someone not paying attention when you're talking about quiz stuff, Adam. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> what what do I need to get? Tell me again. Oh my god. You were there. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean I was listening. <laughs> Welcome to the Long Snapper podcast. It is, well, it's nearly, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm not doing it again. I don't know what it is. It's, it's a podcast. It's Blame it's, the COVID. I can't blame the COVID. I could blame the COVID. I'm Adam. Rich is here. You've just heard his voice. How are you doing, Rich? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all right now. I'm all right. Um, Craig's here. Hi, Craig. Hello, mate. Um, Mark's here as well. Hi, Mark. Hello. Hello. And uh, Pat is here. Hi, Pat. Evening. Um, I don't know what Russ is doing, frankly. I don't care. He's um, he's watching Doug watch rugby and maybe record a bit of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If if Doug was playing rugby, um, I'd be all <laughs> over that. And um, seeing that live streamed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. RAF are playing. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about some conference championship games. Um, we'll look ahead to the Super Bowl next week. Next week, teaser will be Craig's annual quiz. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, boy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe, is, maybe does need to be thrown in there. Um, there's there's quite lot, a bit there's of... There's a lot of effort that needs to take place, so... Is that yeah, maybe yeah, Craig will do it, or maybe it will be an actual quiz? <laughs> yes. I mean, either. Either, really. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got probably... It's not just two games to review. There seems to be a lot going on in the NFL, but um, we will we'll get to that. Obviously, we're going to start with a quiz, and it is a bit Super Bowl themed um, because this is solely about the Rams and the Bengals. Spoiler alert: um, they are going to be contesting for the Super Bowl. So, um, what you're going to be doing? You are going to tell me whether the following quarterbacks played for the Rams, the Bengals. Both of them, or neither. You're all going to be answering these questions via clever devices that we've uh, we've prepared. Um, I'm going to give you 20 quarterbacks, and yeah, you'll you'll all play along, and we'll we'll see how you get on. Exciting. Um, nothing can nothing can go wrong with this. Um, so your your first quarterback to identify, and you'll if the, if the technology works, you'll see the options on the screen in front of you, um, but. It is Sam Bradford. Did he play for the Bengals, the Rams, both, or neither? Um, let's see how you go. Three of you have answered. All of you have answered correctly. You all said just the Rams, and you all get a random number of points. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rich is in the lead based on his speed of his answer there on 959 randomly constructed points through a formula that I don't understand. Vinny Testaverde is your next quarterback um, to answer the same question. Did he play for the Bengals, the Rams, both of them, or neither? Uh, only one of you okay. correctly answered neither there. It was a fair bet. You'd think you would have played for one of them. Or it's both, <laughs> but no. And everybody else in the NFL, I think. Um, yeah. So Pat was the oh, only Pat. one to get that one right. Well, well done. Um, he goes into the lead. Your next quarterback is Mick Foles. 
so Bengals fans both or neither always the same (laughs) (laughs) one of you is thinking about this three very quick answers and somebody's going to run out of time no we're we're all there two of you got that right it was just the Rams never played with Bengals I'll be honest doing this on my work laptop not your greatest idea. Just check my emails. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've not Amazing. stopped the quiz at this point for you to check your emails. I'm left with you. <laughs> Mark has. Great. You did get that one right, though. Mark and Craig both got that one right. Uh, Mark goes into the lead. Um, next up, it is Boomer Siasen. We're going back a bit. Which of those. Which of the Super Bowl bound teams did he play for? I am definitely not guessing at this point in the quiz. <laughs> um, only the Bengals. Um, I think he, he may have played for them the last time they were in the Super Bowl. Um, and it was only Craig got that one correct. Craig, you're into the lead. Hold on, Craig. No, with this format, I can't read who wins. Just saying. C- Case Keenum is next. Oh. Who who do you think he might play for? Oh, bollocks, he did, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Two of you correctly guessed that he played for the Rams and not the Bengals. Greg didn't get that. Uh, Pat, I think you might be the only one to get that one right. Oh, I got it. Oh, did you? No, you did. (laughs) You still last. (laughs) Pat is into the lead. Uh, Warren Moon next. Did he play for the Rams, the Bengals? Either or both. Yeah. In my head, in my mind, I wish you'd only ever played for the Oilers. Sadly, that is the case. Neither is correct, as you all say. I'm did in last. Did play for the Chiefs, the Seahawks, and the Vikings as well, but neither of those teams. And Pat is still in the lead. And yeah, Rich has moved ahead on ahead of Mark on speed. Surprisingly tight. Okay, next up, Gus Perot. <laughs> Bengals, Rams, both or neither. The I've literally never heard of this guy. <laughs> well, you might be able to see a picture of him. That's your answer, if that helps. Wearing a uniform that I don't recognise him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Up. Yes. Uh, he played for both those teams. And three of you um, correctly... Stated that. Who didn't? Was it me? Mark? Yeah. <laughs> we hadn't had a both yet, so I thought it was a percentage guess. <laughs> That's where I went. Well played. Uh, whatever your logic, it was, it was sound. Okay, next up, Jeff Driscoll. Um, much more in the present day. Um, has he played the Bengals and or the Rams? What do you think? say the Bengals only and you're all correct well done um, but Rich has snuck into the lead ahead of Pat there on his, I mean if you're guessing Rich do it quickly is the tactic <laughs> do it quick yeah yeah Chris Chandler's next quite a few teams on his resume um, but are the Bengals one of them are the Rams one of them oh he played oh but cry out loud <laughs> <laughs> The only play for the Rams. Rams. Um, I'm guessing that's not what you said, Mark. No, no. I mean, <laughs> Pat did. Pat was the only one. Pat's back in the lead. Um, look at the scores. Mark's, Mark, you're last on 3,496 um, yep. points. 
how you, however they were signed. Uh, Craig on 4,338. Rich, 4,821. Pat's in the lead on 5,573. Um, it's I'm just me. It's, it's numbers. Jeff Garcia, um, how's your... Well, tapping in to... I mean, it's all about journey quarterbacks. It's quiz, isn't it? And did he play for the Bengals or the Rams? Either or both. That is a sexy Niners throwback uniform there. Um, three of you correctly state that he didn't play for the Bengals or the Rams. Every last yet. Or did he accept Rich? Yeah, no, you're not last, Mark. Still behind you. Thanks, Mark. Pat's got six in a row. Um, is Team Tebow going to break that streak? Did he play <laughs> those teams? <laughs> that is an excellent shot. Oh, God. <laughs> The problem with this is you want to answer quickly. <laughs> I also want to think about it. <laughs> that balance. Well, only three of you correctly said neither. Um, somebody thought you played for the Rams. Hello. I'm going to really enjoy it if that was Craig. Yes, uh, it was. <laughs> he thought about it and got it wrong. No, it was me. That was it. I wasn't sure. Oh, what? Oh, did I just go ahead of you on speed? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think so. Pat's still in the lead. Okay, next up it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. You knew he was coming sometime. Did he play for the Bengals, the Rams, both of them, or neither of them? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> it was. Has one of you still. One of you thinking about it still? There we go. Two of you got that one correct. He did play for both. Of course he did. Oh, played for the Rams, damn it. When did they play for the Bengals? Both of them were a fair while ago. I've never played for the Bengals, I know he played for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Like, where am I? Oh, fucking hell. Craig is <laughs> last. How has that happened? <laughs> I, 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 I cannot rig this, just so I you know. How many questions have got left? Eight left. AJ McCarron's next. I am very confused about him being in a Falcons uniform in that photo. It's almost like I've used these pictures to try and mislead you, but they are all the people concerned. Um, he played for the Bengals and not the Rams. You all got that one right. Well done. Um, Pat stays in the lead. Um, Mark second, Rich third. Craig still bringing up the rear. Come on, Craig. You need to be fast and accurate. Brock Osweiler. Osweiler pictured in a Broncos uniform there, but did he play for the Bengals? Did he play for the Rams? He played for the Broncos. <laughs> uh, you are all correct, neither of them, but um, not sure that necessarily helps some of you. Uh, Josh McCown, here we go. Um, you probably thought he'd come up at some point. Um, has he played for the Bengals or the Rams or both of them? Two very quick answers. Two of you thinking about it. Damn it. There we go. Didn't play for either, Josh McCown. Almost everyone else, like one or two others. Um, So it looks like Craig and Pat got that one. Pat extending his lead. Kurt Warner, how about him? I feel like this is a setup. (laughs) 
Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Or maybe do overthink it. Look at him in hairdressers, OBJ. That is a nice giant uniform that they had at that era. Um, but he played for the Rams. He did not play for the Bengals. Somebody said that he didn't play for the Rams, um, which is bold. <laughs> I'd like to block that from my memory as well, for the record. Uh, Craig, <laughs> you the bottom. You're up, up to third. Yeah, Rich on 7730, Craig 8367, Mark 8610, Pat 9838. It looks like a, a storming away. Sean Hill's next. Pat's going to slip up somewhere, you feel. They've got three more <laughs> after this. The only way to catch him is just to guess quick now, so that's the, that's the point. <laughs> right or wrong, guess quick and pray. Yeah, Sean Hill was just a perennial backup. I'm not sure he ever had a starter's, a starter's job. Uh, someone's run out of time, um, but he he played for the Rams, he didn't play for the Bengals. So he's back on the emails. <laughs> um, can Pat be caught? Um, he keeps getting them right, which doesn't help. John Kittner. Oh, I like players oh. that I've never heard of. Um, oh, God. I'm at my best when I'm just randomly guessing. I just know who you did play <laughs> did he play for the Bengals? He yes. did play for the Bengals. Um, Mark didn't get that one right, as you can probably tell. Nope. Um, <laughs> Pat is well, about 2,000 ahead. Uh, Rich, is in, Rich is in second place now, somehow. Right, Dante Culpepper. Strange. Straight in there. Bengals or the Rams or neither. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're just determined to finish ahead of me now aren't you <laughs> that's all you care about here all right only one of you oh. correctly said neither uh, for cold pepper um, and Damn it, it wasn't pat mark i don't know if you can catch him he's on 10,558 into second place pat's still in the lead 11575 last question it all comes down to this it's carson palmer you reckon three very quick answers Carson Palmer only played for the Bengals. Um, here we go. Third place. Rich on 10,652 points. Second place. Mark, 11,543. But getting some music this week is Pat, 12,407. <laughs> there we go. Um, runners up. Two runners up. I'm not quite sure how that worked. <laughs> uh, well played, chaps. There we go, that was seamless. Cheers. That was, that was good fun. <laughs> um, yeah, put, I mean, put your emails away now, Craig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have got some much more current quarterbacks playing in the in the Super Bowl next week. Um, in, they've both won the championship game, so let's let's talk about those. We'll start in the AFC. I've... I only joined for the quiz, so I'll see you guys later, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, don't think so, Sunshine. Don't think so. <laughs> yeah, so we had... Uh, we'll start in Arrowhead. Um, does that game happen first, apart from anything else? Um, it looked for all the world as if... I mean, we all thought that the Chiefs were going to beat the Bengals. It looked about, well, just coming up to halftime, that they were going to annihilate the Bengals. They scored a touchdown on every possession, and then they just sort of faltered towards the end of the first half. Didn't think too much of it. And then the second half started, and 
it was just a different game entirely. Um, what on earth happened? It was an interesting one, wasn't it? It was because even when they failed to score just before the half, Kansas City, you thought, yeah, they've got a decent lead. They're getting the ball to start the second half. They've moved the ball really easily all over. They've had one red zone failure and not settled for a field goal and uh, come away with nothing. But still, you hadn't seen the Bengals look like stopping them in the first half. And why would that stop? But the Bengals made some really good defensive adjustments. The Chiefs weren't able to adapt their offense to get around that. And it was a really good display on both sides of the ball, I think, from the Bengals to stay trusting in their game plan and be able to deliver the points to get them back from the hole they got themselves into. I think that the adjustments on defense is, is the crucial point. It felt like the, the the funk that they got themselves into because they they failed at, at half time to score had had a bit of a hangover, and that the, the the difference that the Bengals made by only rushing three and basically dropping everybody else into coverage meant that their their D was able to do what the Bills D weren't able to do the week before and get to the quarterback. And that he was sacked, he was sure. rushed, and he didn't have the options because everyone was covered. And it was second half defensively by the Bengals was outstanding. Yeah, and the irony is they were rushing less but getting more pressure on because they got barely any pressure in the first half. Yeah. Suddenly, with the improved coverage, they were... They had time. They had, they had the time. time to get it, it, was, it was pressure from the, the good coverage. I can't remember watching a quarterback like Mahomes have so much time and not be able to find something so often in that second half. And it, it was just astounding. You see a couple of plays and you think, okay, um, they've, they've, they've got away with that or they've managed to cover everyone. And it just kept happening. And you're like, and it made when... it, and it made him, he, he, because it was happening, you could see it in his play that he was panicking because he's like, I've got no one to throw to here time and time and time again. And he started to make mistakes again that he didn't make the week before. And um, it was, yeah, it was, it, it just, as it, as it went on, it almost became worse for him as the game went on because it felt like he had to find something this drive and it kept on going wrong. The Bengals. I think the, um, brought... I think the, the uh... sorry, do you want to go, Rich? No, no, I was just going to say one of the things we talk about the pressure, the, the Bengals brought that pressure by scoring so quickly immediately after the half and bringing that lead. You think, what, five minutes before the end of the first half, you've got a comfortable lead, you're not really feeling any pressure. A minute and a half into the second half, you've got a four-point lead and that's it. Yeah. That suddenly brings its own pressure into this game. But I think that the um, demise of the Chiefs is heavily overstated. I think that <clears throat> the Bengals did a good job. I think it's I think that the tactical changes are being overstated. I think that they did much of what they did in this first half. They just executed better, better in the second half. Um, they were able to get pressure with three and four guys. They weren't rushing. Um, they weren't blitzing, sorry. So getting pressure with three and four guys and being able to hold a spy is how you beat Mahomes. Um, Mahomes in this press conference himself said, you know, <clears throat> generally he does really well when you try and have a man effectively cover him, which is the role of the spy. And he didn't this time. And I think that as the game went on, the type of guy he is, he wanted to do 
more. He recognises that it's his responsibility. And sometimes it happens where you just try too hard. You do too much. And um, Bengals did a really good job. I'm not, you know, don't take nothing away from the Bengals at all. Um, stuck to the game plan and, and were executed really well. I think if you, if you are able to cover Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for a half football, you've done your job, right? So take nothing away from the Bengals. But I think it's, it's a massive learning curve. For the Chiefs, I really like, you know, Andy Reid came out, there's a lot been spoken about that end of the first half decision, which is crazy. I mean, uh, even at the time when we was watching it, not to take points there did feel did feel like a mistake. However, it was the Chiefs and you knew you were get, they were getting the ball back. And was this, this, this just the Chiefs being brave? But the, to do the same thing at the end of effectively the fourth quarter, where you're at the two, three yard line, whatever, and not able to get into the end zone. It just felt like it didn't quite go your way. Quarterback probably tried a bit too much. Believed in what they've done so well beforehand. And it didn't, there was, I, I messaged in the group at one point, Mahomes was on fire. It's not like he had, you know, there was times where he looked unstoppable, but didn't go, didn't put it together for four quarters. Fair play to the Bengals, but I think this will be great learning, great experience for the Chiefs. And I still think the road's to the AFC goes through Kansas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, Hill and Kelsey. One of the things that was drastically different from my, at least, you know, while we were watching the game, the feeling of it was uh, that in that first half, he almost seemed to find every possible receiving option. I mean, Blake Bell had three receptions, I think, in that first half. Second half, it felt like just all of those options just dried up. He wasn't finding any of those. So even when Hill and Kelsey were covered in the first half, it wasn't a problem because they had other options there. In the second half, it didn't feel like that at all. I I think that that play just before half time, it seemed it didn't seem that significant because we all thought the Chiefs were going to win. Um, but I keep going back to that in my head, and it it's an odd choice of play given the clock and everything. Um, he wasn't, I, I, he wasn't meant to was... do that. He, he said afterwards he wasn't meant to do that. If the, if the throw wasn't on, he was meant to chuck it into the ground and take the kick. Okay. But well, he went for it. He went for it. And it was a poor, it was a poor decision by him. Well, yeah, wherever that came from, whether, okay, if that's a spur of the moment decision by Mahomes, but it's, it struck me as just an arrogant one. Yeah. And it just <laughs> struck me as, oh, I'll chuck it to here. He'll score anyway. He'll find a way to get, but he, had, he didn't have a, he didn't have a chance. But how often has that happened, though? I don't. I think yeah, that it's yeah. a bit. These are sports. These are athletes, and you have to back yourself. That's the point. You've got to be able to say, in the nut. If anything, I want my quarterback saying, "Listen, mate, when it's game on the line and we're in championship games, I'm the man." Yeah, but if everyone in that moment. If and you look across at that coverage, he's, there's no chance he's getting in the end zone. No, of course, and we can say that now, but how many times have, has Mahomes been running one way, thrown across his body, and, and, and on paper you say, do not do that, and it's ended up in a touchdown. There's no, there's no, there's no, don't, look, it looked, he was covered, and he had too much work to do to get into the end zone. Not a great decision. But these things, ha, ha, they, they happen. And like I say, I, I truly think that 
that it's a very overstated for one quarterback. And, you know, um, Mark, you just said he came out and said, I probably should, I should have thrown it away. I won't make it take that much time. Andy Reid came out and said, I shouldn't have given him that play. I should have given him a better play. That's yeah. what I want from my coach. That's what I want from my um, quarterback. Take responsibility. It didn't go our way. We're going to come back. And, and fair, and fair play to the Bengals. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. And, 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 and well oh. done, man. Well, let's yeah, let's talk about them. I mean, I, I I feel a bit better about the result the previous week in Nashville in a funny way, <laughs> uh, the way the way the Bengals played defensively to stop the Chiefs um, after because I, I don't I don't think their defense has had that much love um, and it clearly deserves some uh, for this performance um, and it shows it perhaps vindicates some of what happened the week before, uh, but the just doing that job in that second half and I um, mean Burrow and Burrow and Chase have more joy against the Chiefs defense than they had against the top. Well, it was like the rest of the sort of the second half of the regular season again, maybe without the ridiculous results, but they they got enough done. Um, but this is a this is a victory for their defense for me. Um, oh yeah, absolutely couldn't couldn't agree more. Their their defense stepped up. It was that that got it done to hold the Chiefs to three points um, in in the second half when they off the back of the performance of the first half is incredible. If nothing else, we learn that the Titans have got a better pass rush than the Chiefs, which is something to take into 2023. Uh, well, that wasn't news to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it... it um, but that wasn't... The, the Bengals... Sorry, the, yeah, the, the Chiefs played it played it a bit differently. Um, and yeah, it was... It kind of worked for them in the first half. And, and then uh, it, it helps. I, I, but if your offense scores every time, it, it makes it a lot easier. I couldn't understand why they went away from the run quite as much as they did in the second half. That didn't seem to like hold them. And whether that, again, that was, especially considering what the Bengals were doing by only rushing three and dropping everyone else into coverage, you thought that the options would be there for a. Um, for a, a McKinnon or an Edward Zelaya, who were having a decent amount of joy in the first half, but then they just went away from the run so quickly. I don't quickly. know. You, you let your best players. You, you want any clutch situation. You think your best players make the plays. Yeah, and that's but, Mahomes, I mean, Kelsey Hill. Yeah, I, I get that, but um, Jarek McKinnon was like averaging five and a half yards a carry in the first half, and then they just don't give it to him mm. again. I don't understand it. Especially He's... in that point in the deep in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's like I don't I don't understand it. You know, you've got a lead, manage the clock, especially when it didn't seem like the offense could get anything going. Go back to fundamentals. Like don't force it. The play that underlined it all for me, the, the Chiefs offensive trouble was twenty one all, third and three. There was a the you know, they dropped as you just described, which means Mahomes could have pretty easily strolled four yards for his first down instead. Did a little pirouette, scuttled back from side to side, got sacked, ended the drive and punt. And that's the drive that they failed to score and that led to them going behind. And there's something in the thinking there, the hesitancy to just take what's there, which yeah. uh, it's, it's un, um, unlike those, certainly. And, and, uh, and, and what he'd done so effectively the week before, right? He was like, yeah, against, against the Bills, he ran for fun. And the same opportunities were there, and he wasn't doing it. It was like fucking frustrating as a Bills fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what what was very different this week uh, was the banner of the game going into overtime. Yeah, and which I mean, the Bengals could have won it before overtime, uh, but the Chiefs won the toss. 
uh, for the second week in a row. Now I got, I the, got the biggest cheer of the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> Twitter official account posted, "We won the toss" in capital letters, which are, which is a tweet that they haven't deleted. <laughs> um, I mean, it's correct. It, it, it is correct. <laughs> uh, maybe they want to cling on to their only win of the night. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it was it wasn't the same game. Um, it, you didn't go into that overtime thinking, oh well, they'll just run, they'll just go down and score. That's, that's the point, right? It's like you go you're going into this game and everyone's like, oh look, the Bengals did what the Bills didn't do. It's bollocks. It's a completely different circumstance. It's a different game. You've got like two games in that match. Were where... they playing? Were they playing hockey? <laughs> but, but, but Craig, it's totally different circumstances. You've got a game where the Chiefs have scored three points and a half. Clearly, the the defense are doing something right. It's a it's a totally different set of circumstances. <laughs> and and what's what what also doesn't doesn't fit your narrative is the fact that the Bengals' offense got no the fucking ball. narrative. Yeah. Bengals offense so, got the ball. So sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, good. So We're doing this again. We're not doing this again. We are not. The defense is playing well. We are not doing this again. It's part of the game. You stop them. Stop, stop them. Yeah. So what? Them. So, so what happened was it's part of the game. You're right. So the defense stopped them, and then the offense got to go. So both teams got to play on offense and defense. Do you want me to Only that happened in every time. The Bengals got it done. So congratulations to them. That's a shout out to their kicker, which I think I mentioned a week ago. McPherson, Big rookie time. kicker. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna get so much crunch. That man is going to be super <laughs> Fair play, bro. I'm, I'm amused by the fact that he seems to almost be getting up there to almost on the same level of pedestal as Burrow is. It's, it's yeah. wonderful to watch that. <laughs> yeah. I do, I, it's as a British podcast, the, the stereotype is for us to talk about kickers, but. <laughs> I don't think enough love goes their way when there's those moments. Like I mean, and Butker as well, that kick to to take it to overtime. You you're watching that. I like I couldn't imagine the pressure you're under. But imagine trying to like at least when Butker's taking it is you know the crowd are being respectful to the kicker. Like can you imagine what McPherson's got to go through in that game to win the game? I mean, and he just like yeah whatever we're gonna win. Don't worry about it. It's not, I can't even like yeah. That's why I mean, being able to deal with that level of pressure, I think that's what the difference is between, you know, a reasonable professional kicker and someone who doesn't miss. And it might seem funny that he's getting that kind of level of love as Burrow, but it's he's to a certain it. extent justified. Yeah, and, of course it and is. Burrow, Burrow absolutely, absolutely deserves it as well. Of course he does. Um, and he, but he's had, he's looked great all year. Chasers look phenomenal. Um, and there's just this supporting cast that has emerged for the Bengals. And it's it's hard to oh, hard to imagine that they they can't win the Super Bowl or get very close to doing it. So, it's it's funny though, with that everyone talking about them and everyone going into the playoffs, it's as we said, it's Burrow, it's Chase, it's Uzama, it's that that offensive machine that they've got. And it's it's the defense in every game that has performed and got them over the line. They've been incredible. You don't see many, like, regardless of what it looks like or what you think. I mean, that Bills-Chiefs game last week was an exception. You don't see many games like that in the playoffs of the Super Bowl, generally. No. Um, and there, you know, I can think of that Eagles-Pats Super Bowl, but you don't, it doesn't often happen. 
um, defenses will step up. I, th- I just don't think offensively teams can handle that level of pressure in the same way. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't. I don't think. I mean, I I didn't realize quite how good that Bengals defense was, and no. you just have to have to take your hat off to him. And that's good coaching as well to make those changes to to take away that the, the, not take yeah. away the threat, but to neutralize the threat as much as possible. You know, fair play to them to to do what they've done is, is seriously impressive. With I the think head coach who's twenty five years younger than his opposite number or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, I think most people, if you'd said the Chiefs only score three in the second half of this game, assume that they're so far ahead that they didn't need to worry too much rather than the Bengals shut them down. Yeah. And that, that yeah. that's the credit right there. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Azama. Um, that injury looked pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like he might be available for the Super Bowl, which would be great because I think you never want to have an injury like that happen, let alone before a big game like that. So fingers crossed for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, NFC. Sorry, Rich. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. You guys um, went through this last week, so my turn. Yeah, yeah. It's just how it how it goes. It'll come around eventually. I mean, it looked it looked good for so long. It looked good for a while. Um, I kind of thought that yeah, you know, we knew that the Niners would have to do a bit more offensively against the Rams than they did against the Packers. Turns out they didn't need to do that much more. Um, but they were uh, looking looking good for a while. A ten point lead in the second half. Um, it just well. Do you want to start, Rich? <laughs> not really, but yeah, sure. <laughs> why not? Yeah, it it was one of those games where we knew that the defense would have to show up, and they did, and they played well. And blowing the ten point lead, there's going to be this same narrative: Carl Shanahan late in games, Jimmy G late in games, blah blah blah. But this was a game that we lost as a team. Here, there were mistakes that were made there were moments that just showed that this team is has been a bit flawed this year we've been flawed throughout the regular season there have been games where we've lost we lost two games against the Seahawks where we outplayed them but there is there are issues here that are just in a big game like this against a team like that you can come unstuck and unfortunately we did and credit to the Rams because we've beaten them up the last two games we have gone out there we've gone and punched them in the face we've run the ball we've controlled the clock that's how we've won those games in the regular season and they did not allow us to do it they adjusted their defense they set themselves up to stop the run and having stopped the run okay we managed to hold them in check for a lot of the game but we couldn't get it closed out because we didn't have the ability to run the ball late in the game which is is what we really needed to do at that point. And they were they were hugely effective there. And honestly, that that Rams team looks incredibly good right now. And I think, you know, regardless of who they came up against in the playoffs, they're probably the best team coming out of the NFC this year. They deserve to be in the Super Bowl. If only the Niners had listened to Craig and replaced Jimmy G after the last Super Bowl they were in, they'd be in the Super Bowl <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah, I mean... For it's, me, this all for me. This all changes in that fourth fourth the fourth quarter drive, where Mahomes, um, Mahomes fuck me, <laughs> where <laughs> where Stafford throws up that prayer and Jaquiski Tart fails to come down oh, the interception. Um, as soon as if, if he bring, brings that in, you're only what 
like half the field to go and if like you're winning 17-14 at that point anyway you manage to get that in for a score I think game's pretty much done but then the play after that it's the the 30 yard pass the stupid helmet to helmet hits 45 yards couple of plays later games tied and the momentum has completely swung you bring in that interception I think it's a very very different result that's another thing. The Rams played this game almost as clean as any game this season. They had very, very few penalties, and we had ones that killed us. Yeah. You had there was a I, bit. I of mean, I... lost discipline on defense, Rich. Um, At times, I, I think two or two or three moments like that, where there was a hit. I think it was Preb Warner early in the game, helmet to helmet on Stafford that wasn't that even didn't called. get called. Yeah. yeah. And that was a that was a dodgy one. There was one. It was, it was like, was what else is he trying to do? There was one yeah. relatively near the beginning where he got smashed in the back as like when he was some. I think he'd thrown an interception or something, and he hit hit him from behind as though he was like trying to be a blocker, and that also wasn't called. And Stafford gets up gesticulating, and yeah, it was um, it was a few a few things like that from the Niners the whole game. Well, that that one on the drive you were talking about, Mark. Um, who's your number one, uh, Rich, on defense? Number one, Jersey uh, Jimmy number. Ward. Jimmy, Jimmy. Ward. Um, yeah. It was him. Was it? It was him. That, that, that was the helmet bounce. to helmet. Yeah, yeah, that was the helmet to helmet one as well. He like just dived in someone that was already going to ground, smashed him in the head. I don't think I don't feel like the penalties made a huge difference to the game. I actually think this game was littered with bad football. I do not think the Rams <laughs> played a clean game at all. There were so many drops. Matt he was Stafford talking about penalties, clearly. Yeah, yeah, penalties rather yeah, yeah, than play. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on the play. They didn't play I mean, well. I just thought it was both teams went from the sublime to the ridiculous often. The, the flea flicker for a screen is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that kind of, for me, sums up, sums up the difference, really. The, the Rams just tried everything. Um, you cannot, you cannot um, overestimate the impact of Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is the best route runner in the National Football League. There is no two ways about it. Man has got such average athleticism. He is a 50-50 athlete. <laughs> However, he is always open. He's such a good understanding of what to do makes life so easy for his team. Um, you know, you, you mentioned it, Mark. That, that interception is one of, you know, the, the, the epitome highlight of how the Niners, for me, threw the game away. Um, there was many opportunities to, to, to steal the march. Both teams had chances to go ahead. And, and I just think that ultimately the Rams came good at the end when you lot had had... Uh, horrific, difficult mistake. And I do think the quarter play, I mean, you know, Jimmy G said his thumb was hurt, bad, fine. Maybe <laughs> so, but I just think, you know, you get better quarterback play. And I do feel like it's an opportunity. I really, I truly believe that. I don't understand why when you've got the defence that was playing as well as it was, the offensive line that was doing such a good job, getting such success in the run game. You've got players who are playing their best football of the year. I just don't, I cannot for the life of me understand why you wouldn't. Yeah. Jimmy G's showing you what he's got. And, he, and if he's injured, I don't know why you don't roll the dice. I just, I really don't understand the logic. I, I can't answer that question because I've said all season long, I, I 
like Jimmy. I don't think Jimmy G's elite, but I think he's a very good quarterback when he's not injured. You've got an injured Jimmy G going into the playoffs. That's that's always going to be a risk. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Trey wouldn't have been an, a you know Jimmy better G option. Is a risk, bro. <laughs> but it's less of a risk. He's always he's shown throughout his his time at the Niners that when he's injured, he's much more prone to make mistakes. He make mistakes anyway, but he makes more of them. And I what's, knew what's that I knew that Shanahan would stick across his body when he's got no arm. What's his fungus <laughs> to do with that? Well, I mean, he, he, the first game back after he'd injured it, you could see the ball just slipping out of his hand. He clearly couldn't grip it, but. It's it's a Shanahan thing. He is stubborn when it comes to players he considers to be key for his offense. He he sticks with them, and that can be a good thing. But in this case, I'm not sure it was. I mean, it, you've only got to look at those last couple of drives. You've said it before, Craig. He he is not the man who's going to make you big plays in those situations. We need that run game to be able to support him, and we didn't have the run game going, and that's. That equally is on the offensive line. We couldn't run the ball. We couldn't protect Jimmy. The offensive line had also, a bad also, game. Also, Trent Williams was injured, high ankle sprain. You know, we've, we've got our backup right tackle. It, it was a mess in the second half of that game. The, the offensive line just couldn't get it done. And we talked and, about and it. Also, be- sorry, sorry, Pat. I was going to say, we talked about it before, whether the lack of, opportunities to Trey Lance was to do with the disconnect between Shanahan and the uh, front office in terms of that selection and it's been nixed but maybe an alternative take on it is we've seen Shanahan's quite a conservative coach in terms of play calling and maybe that extends to personnel so he's just not willing to take that risk on that unknown at this point and I think it's cost him in this scenario because it's clear that given the injuries that were described by the end of the thing, a fully fit Lance can defend that lead for you. If you've trained him right all season, he should be able to do that. And you it's didn't give him the chance to, and that's a missed opportunity. That's a really I don't know. To bring him into a championship game when you've played like a couple of snaps all season for a rookie. Well, I, I mean, if only you'd control the number of snaps he got during the season. You maybe could have prepared him. For well, we've we've said this we've said this before that I don't think I don't think it was part of their plan to be there. No, no. <laughs> and uh, like Shana, when, Shanahan's come there, out and said, you... Shanahan's come out and said that he almost switched over to Lance at three and five. They were a game away from switching to Lance. Just just basically saying the season's off. We're not going to make the playoffs. And then Jimmy went on a three-game run, and he decided actually, we're not dead yet. Let's stick with Jimmy and see where we can go. And the plan all along has been play Jimmy this season, trade him at the end of the year, and and then play Trey Lance. This is the bit I'd question. They've gone on a three-game run. How how many of those three wins were down to Jimmy? And how many of them were actually down to the defense or Debo or the running game or the offensive line? You can still still make a change. At that point in the season, those were probably Jimmy's best games of the whole year like he actually played well he won us some of those games but that was basically it because shortly after that he got injured again and then he started playing like injured Jimmy and it was the defense getting us wins and this is Jimmy who's never lost to the Rams you know 6-0 going into them I think you can I, for me, I think it's a big ask to say, to hand over to Trey Lance. I, I don't think that that's the play. I think you oh, need to try and get sooner. 
is, is what um, is my point. Like well, sooner in the season. If you're going to do that, it needs to be yeah. much sooner in the season. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think what the, the failure here, as Rich pointed out, is the fact that you know your two main weapons running the ball got 46 yards total. That's where the like that Niners football is smash mouth defense, which they did, and it's run the ball, which they didn't do. If you're putting the hand, if you're putting the ball in the hands of Jimmy G to win you a game, it ain't gonna happen. And the other issue, I think, is Debo got destroyed repeatedly from hospital passes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that meant he wasn't as available as they needed him at the business end of the game. And you know, people saying, "Oh, why is Debo not on the field?" It's like, have you seen the hits he's taken in this game? Yeah. Like, wonder he's not on the field. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, like four. There was one Jimmy I'm tried, amazed he Jimmy, got up. Jimmy tried to get him killed. That yeah, one over the middle. The pass he, over uh, the middle. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, I don't. I, I can't remember what they said on commentary, but I remember disagreeing with it at the time because it was a terrible pass. Uh, yes, you can pass over the middle. And as a particularly if you're not- play in the slot, that's not a problem. And you could I, I, I personally take pass over the middle. But if you're gonna throw it behind me yeah. and late, that was the thing. It wasn't just behind, it was late. You looked at it, you saw it happening, and then you threw it. So it's not as though I had any chance to either protect myself or catch the ball in his stride. The guy tried to get him killed. <laughs> he, tried, he tried to get him murdered. Ridiculous. Awful, yeah. awful about that. Play. There was one of them that was high as well, so he had to extend and just expose all of his ribs to the oncoming traffic. It's horrific. Yeah. I, well, I, I, we I won't we a... won't see any of those next year because uh, Jimmy's on his way out. He's I'll basically tell you what else already we said won't goodbye see again, Rich. And I I've noticed this quite a few games ago, and I have just not got round to having this this little rant. And it's it's something I reckon it's at least twice a game you'll see it, and I'm sure it's a Shanahan thing, but it's only Jimmy G that I see do it. And it's the worst sell of a play not being a run after he's handed the ball off. Ten seconds later, let's pretend to throw the ball down the field. It does my absolute nutting. It's the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Um, from a, I, I don't know whether to blame the play call or just, just, just Jimmy himself. And we saw it again on Sunday. And it's just like the runner's always, or he's already been tackled. What are you doing? <laughs> What he's been told and I love to do. the fact that Mark, at least, and Pat, I think, both exactly knew exactly what I was talking totally about. Totally right, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, it amuses me rather than annoys me. But yeah, I've, I've seen those ones where it's just like the, the runner's been tackled for a loss and he's still throwing the ball, throwing <laughs> the ball. Um, but yeah, like it, it'll be interesting to see where Jimmy ends up next year. Um, and I am Fox. excited and nervous about Trey Lance. I can well, see Jim, him Jimmy's, go to Jimmy's Pittsburgh. come out and said, get this. He only wants to be traded to someone with a winning situation. Um, so give me a list of teams that have a winning situation who are going to trade for Jimmy. And Panthers. of those teams, of those teams, how many of them will still be in a winning situation once they've tr- traded for Jimmy? I, I think if you if you put him into the Steelers, he's a, he's a minor upgrade from what Big Ben's been able to do this year because Big Ben can only throw the ball about two yards, whereas Jimmy can get up to about eight or nine. I mean... Does that give you more or fewer interceptions? I'm not sure. I think I think it's going to be really interesting to watch how Jimmy goes next year in a system that's not a Carl Shanahan system. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just going to be a fun thing to watch out for. As long oh, as he doesn't be... end up at the Texans and then all bets are off because no one's winning there. Uh, he'll be backing up Mac Jones. and then I really... honestly think he's done. I think the guy's... Like, he might even... I, maybe back at, I don't know. I, honestly, I think he's rubbish. You say that, Craig. So, some some GM somewhere will decide that Jimmy G is the perfect... You've seen it before. 
Carson Wentz this year. Like someone decided that they thought he was the answer. Someone will think Jimmy's the answer. He's a, he's a good looking white guy. He is definitely getting a job somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse backups out there now. I'm not saying he's good, but there's definitely yeah, worse backups yeah. out there now. It'd be oh, I'd love it if you went to the Colts. That'd be just oh. <laughs> Jimmy versus Carson for the uh, starting job. Oh, that would be Incredible. that would be something, wouldn't it? Um, we should yeah. we should give the Rams some credit in this game though. Why? Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't want to do that. No. All right. What? Fair enough. I, 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 tried, too... I tried to be balanced. Von Miller was good. Aaron he had Donald excellent trousers. And Aaron, Aaron Donald, he didn't get the stats that you would normally associate Aaron Donald with getting, but he's so disruptive. Yeah, yeah. he never gets the stats. He's, he's like, the best. Guy's inc- the guy's incredible. And like as much as I like, I don't particularly like the guy, there is a bit of me that feels that since Odell Beckham has gone there, this is the Odell Beckham from like early Giants days. Odell Beckham, he's playing incredibly well at the minute. Has really, really complimented um, Cooper Cup, and I'm, I'm actually like, there's a bit of me that's actually quite pleased that we'll get to see Beckham in at least one Super Bowl in his career. One thing that I saw from this game was Debo Samuel crying on the benches at the end of the game, just completely broken. OBJ comes over and like gives him proper consolation, proper chat, and. I appreciate that's a, that. That's a bit of a receiver yeah, nice. kind of union, isn't there, in the NFL? Mm-hmm. You, you see that? Yeah. I saw uh, AJ Brown tweeted something about Debo in a like, similar way. Like, obviously, his favourite player there. in the league. Uh, yeah. Well, it was DK Metcalf. I don't know what he's done. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's always nice to see that. The um, the other guy, the other guy. That briefly though, AJ Bra- um, AJ Green. We didn't talk about that. I just feel gutted for the guy. Leave the Bengals and they make it a Super Bowl, and you're so much a, <laughs> AJ a part Green. Of them. Yeah, totally different player, but never mind. Well, no, but in terms point. of because we spoke about the Bengals earlier, didn't we? Right, I'm not talking about AJ Green when you were saying that giving props to another player, right? AJ, oh, that, came AJ out Brown, and, I said, yeah, but I'm saying AJ Green came out and said, Well done to the Bengals going through. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah, 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 fair play. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, he he'd have been there for all of those Andy Dalton Westerbuses in a row, wouldn't he? AJ Green. Uh-huh. Well, you come away. But, but if, a, but if AJ Green team. was still there, they probably wouldn't be going to the Super Bowl because if he was still there, they wouldn't have gone for um, Jamar Chase. Chase yeah, and a yeah, very different side. Mm-hmm. But you'd want to imagine an AJ Green Chase. That would have been. Nice. I just feel bad for a guy who spends his whole life, a, a whole career, a team, and then leaves and then that team. Really <laughs> <laughs> and gets better when you're not there anymore. <laughs> okay, it will be the Rams and the Bengals next week. We'll we'll talk about that next week. Um, like everybody else and all the millions of other podcasts there are. Um, <laughs> Should we just ignore it? Let's like not not, not preview it at all. <laughs> we, we could. That would be that would be your brand, wouldn't it? All right. There's a, there's a, there are a few other things to discuss. Um, so I might. Nip through a couple of them quickly. It's been quite an eventful week of news and stuff happening in the NFL. Um, former uh, Patriots and Buccaneers, yeah, Patriots and Buccaneers quarterback Tim Brady has announced his retirement. Um, yeah, okay, fine. Um, possibly rumored. No, not okay, fine. Um, possibly rumored. Al Michaels is going to hang up the microphone. I haven't had that confirmed, and um, we should be very careful with. Uh, what's confirmed um, given recent events but 
Um, he's doing the Super Bowl. It's NBC's turn, and they get it once every three years. And I don't think they're getting it even in three years' time because I don't. I'm not sure, but it'll be a while before they'll call another one. So the rumor is that this will be his last, and this makes me feel very sad. Um, and if we're going to talk about any goats that are calling it a day, I want to talk about Al Michaels. Um, it's 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 another one. That, yeah, it's like um, you know he well he had a duo with John Madden for so long, who we we talked about the other week. Um, it just feels like another legend or voice from my sort of growing up watching the sport is is calling it a day, and that that makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like one one of the best in the business in any sport. He's yeah. brilliant and um, calls it right. He doesn't have those moments that someone like a Joe Buck has where he completely botches big calls. Just doesn't just doesn't make those mistakes and knows when to talk, knows when to be excited, knows when to shut up. Just class. I think that's a. Uh, I'm a Joe Buck. I'll defend Joe Buck a little bit because I think that's something he gets that what, reputation but, but, sometimes. But, but what two two of the worst missed play calls in NFL history belong to him? <laughs> and, um, like the helmet catch from Joe Buck, where he basically his heart rate didn't get above sixty beats a minute. He just whatever. Mm. Um, that was horrendous. Al Michaels doesn't. Al Michaels is calling that play properly. Yeah. Imagine think, Mark respecting someone who would short. <laughs> Pat's saying that literally as he was being talked over. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> you apologise to him for talking all over you after slagging me off for talking too much. Well, we Fuck you, Pat. At the same time. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Well, Pat Pat has had his hand up politely, as as is normally the case. <laughs> I, I didn't have a point other than taking the piss out of Mark. Valid, very valid. Um, Craig, you did want to say something about Al. Maybe you didn't. Well, only in as much as I just think, what a voice as well. Like, just his actual tone. Some people yeah. say shit on the mic. That guy is liquid gold. <laughs> That's very, yeah, a very good point. There's some, like, and it's so distinctive. Like, some other like other commentators in sport you might muddle up sometimes or they'll seem a bit nondescript or generic. Um but it's Al Michaels, it's Al Michaels. There's nothing no one else like him, is there? Like the the tone and like and he doesn't I don't think he'd ever he could be get the right level of excitement, but he won't ever shout. Yeah. And like for I don't want to be sort of anti-american or or give anyone sort of stereotypes um but for an american versus someone british that's quite unusual to have that trait um i'm digging myself a hole here but you know it's <laughs> it's generally that generally an american broadcaster will be louder i think there are a number of american comms teams now who all very much they they've almost grown up with a style and they're all very similar and it's almost if you're not really paying attention they all sort of sound the same al michaels you know who's talking you switch game on halfway through you know he's on comms and that that i think is the key thing he's such a distinctive voice um and that that's always been the case for me i hope i'm wrong about him in retiring 
Um, I'd love to hear more from him. He is 78 in his defence, so he perhaps has, has earned it, arguably. <laughs> um, and it would be Mike Tirico who would take over, I think, who's at NBC. And I absolutely love Mike Tirico. So it's not like it's it's not as if we're going to be uh, shafted here by any means. Um, OK, some yeah, some other other big news that we, we we definitely need to get into this. And there's yeah, there's going to be a lot to to chew over here. And um, Brian Flores, who was was sacked ridiculously, um, mm -hmm. although some of it's starting to uh, not make sense, but we're starting to see the the reasons for this. Um, he was sacked by Miami for winning too much, allegedly. Um, but he's raised bringing a class action suit against the NFL for that, amongst other significant things. Now, um, he had an interview for the New York Giants head coaching position and text messages between him and Bill Belichick. Why Bill Belichick? Who knows? Um, but they've, they've come to light, which show that these interviews were happening after they decided to give someone else a job. And it is very clear that this is not an isolated incident of this type. Um, he had an interview, I think, was it the pre when I'm not sure when it was, so the Broncos. Um, Prior to where, the Dolphins. So he, yeah, John Elway and uh, whoever the owner is, I think, or, or someone else, turned up an hour late and had clearly been drinking, going through this charade of, of interviewing him. Now, it's a class action suit, so it's not just going to be Brian Flores. There are other people, other people going to be joining him. And reading, I've read quite a lot about this in the last 24 hours. And the more I read, the more... It's very clear that there's there's a case here. Now, the, the the trouble is with any any of this sort of stuff is for one incident on its own, it's difficult to prove something. Um, but the fact that there's so much weight behind it, and it's not just one incident, it's just how things are. Um, it, it's it's hard to come to other conclusions, really. Um, and I think this is this is going to be a huge story. The NFL response to this was absolutely abhorrent. The fact that they came out and went, oh, we're not racists. And this guy doesn't know what he's talking about is basically their response to this. And I thought it was unbelievably ob just obnoxious. They used not, the words without not, merit. Without, right, me not, without merit not, after two hours. Right. Not <laughs> we hear what you're saying. We'll investigate. Um, we want to improve. We want to make things better for our employees and for every employee. No, no, it's without merit. See you later. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, the, the the Rooney rule, as as it is, like I I that the the Giants interview situation. Now this must happen left, right, and centre. Um, now I so, I sort of get that teams will. So you, you, this is what I mean by you can't look at one case and say, right, they've been racist here or they've, they've not done this right um, in isolation. Because like, I, can, I completely get it if a team sacks a coach and has someone in mind for a job. Now, the Rooney rule means that they have to interview various candidates. Fine. Um, but that situation arising, I completely understand. If they, if they, want, if they know somebody that they want for the role white, black, whoever, um, that process has to be followed. So there will be, unfortunately, pointless interviews that happen. 
I cannot believe for a second that that's the case every single occasion. It obviously isn't. Um, and these these text messages that have come out with between Bill Belichick, who he thought was Brian Dable, it wasn't, it was Brian Flores. Um, just, I mean, it, it shows a sort of weird, sinister sort of old boys club that seem to know everything that's going on. Um, uh, you know, re- regardless of who's in the loop and who isn't, that that looked really horrible to me. Um, Bill, why, why does Bill Belichick know who's got a job before the candidates themselves, you know, re- regardless of who they are? Uh, but it, well, it just... It does. I, I think for me, this is not new. And it's almost like... No, um, I, no. I think first, first things first, big up Brian, Brian Flores, um, big up everyone who stood behind him or with him. And, you know... <clears throat> It shows you the strength that was Colin Kaepernick. I'm, I, you know, all right, well, right. Brian, Brian Flores has made the same decision. He's ba- he's basically potentially so, given so up is, on any future jobs. So this is yeah, fine, but he's done that after Cap and after BLM, and they're still extremely brave. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but what we re- what we're seeing is Brian, Colin Kaepernick look, lost the primary career because he stood up for this thing, and the NFL uh, ostracised him minimised, well, initially dismissed, completely refused to accept, and then continued to minimise the argument he made. And, you know, ultimately, Cap's first thing was simply about racism and police brutality. And it extended to the, you know, how that institution racism, NFL is not uh, immune to it, right? And it's so, it's, it's hilarious. You've got, they, they say in the NFL that getting the, to be able to own a sports team, own an NFL team is like um, give, being given a knighthood. Right? That's how they <clears throat> value the opportunity to just make, you know, money forever. <laughs> and this has only ever been held by, by white men. So inevitably it's going to be, and the nepotism in, in the NFL you know, I, don't, mm. I can't think of an industry that is has that problem so blatantly. Everybody's cousin, uncle, brothers is is in it has a job. So it's it's so obvious. It's it's been discussed forever. I think that the NFL really, you know, sh- uh, shot themselves in the foot, scored a massive own goal with that initial response, and they'll spin it and and walk it back. I'm sure. But the sad fact is that this man has probably, you know, put the put the end of his put, accepted that that's the end of his career, you know. And in ten years we might be able to celebrate him. In fifteen years he might be able to still talk about football and be involved again. But the likelihood is the immediate future he's ruined his career just for saying, you know, um, we are all really really treated unfairly because we're black, and that's the fact. I think you've got to look at it and think that is in every instance, is the best man available being hired for the job? And if they were, there would be more than one black coach in the NFL at the moment, one black head coach in the NFL. There is one. And you cannot tell me that there are black candidates that would be just as qualified, if not more so, and not being given the opportunities to go for those jobs or not being given those jobs having interviewed. 
It's, it's bollocks. And it makes a mockery of the fact that every team has got end racism written in their written in their end zones or on their helmets. And yet the people who own the teams are the worst of the lot of them. You've only got to look further down the coaching staffs. There's plenty of black coaches who are positional coaches, who are, you know, assistant coaches, and yet no head coaches. Yeah, well, look at the players. Well, yeah, a lot of, right. a lot of them right. are players. Yeah, yeah. look at the players. It's like, it's ridiculous that that's the situation. And it's quite clear that the opportunities are not there. And in if the Rooney rule means that we're now just going through this process of doing sham interviews just to get over the Rooney rule, then the Rooney rule needs to be changed or scrapped because it's almost worse that they're going through the process of turning up pissed at interviews just so that they can tick a box to say they've interviewed a black guy. It's unbelievable. The Rooney rule was only ever window dressing. Like, to get that sort of representation in your organisation, you need a change in mindset in the people doing the hiring. And nothing's changed in the mindset of the owners is what we've seen over the last 20 years or however long it's been. I think in the case of Denver, they're notorious for pretty much picking who they want and then interviewing a bunch of people to look like they're doing their due diligence and in some cases to appease other members of the staff who want in direct control of the um, hiring process. So the say, well, a similar thing that's happened to Flores this time around happened to Shanahan in previous hiring cycles in Denver. So it's not exclusive. This happening to someone isn't an exclusive indicator that that hiring process is racist, but it, it's indicative of a wider problem. This, think, is, this is what I was saying about you, you can't look at any specific case. Yeah, and it's it's hard it's hard to to prove that. Um, but yeah, as 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 you say, the numbers don't stack up. As Mark as Mark pointed out, you know the the numbers don't make it make sense. I think to pick up on something you said there, Pat, about changing the mindset of the owners is the only way to make this happen. I think it has to go further than that. The only way that this will change is by having more diversity in the owners. You need you need like the owners to not be the same exactly. old fucking rich white guys that we've got at the minute. Otherwise, it's never going to change. I mean, I, I kind of it, I, I look at my own team, as I'm sure we we all do. I look at us. And I don't necessarily think about this very often, but oh, okay. I'm white owner, white head coach, white offensive coordinator, white defensive coordinator. I just sort of think, well, okay, perhaps it's just coincidence. Um, but you sort of sort of start to question stuff. Um, I mean, I, I, I've no, I've no idea if any of that is by subconscious design or not. Maybe not, but um, but look at the majority of teams in the NFL and you'll see similar yeah. similar things. And it's it, it's too often for it. It's not a coincidence that yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, these owners are hiring people that are the same colour as them. It's like, that's just, it's, it doesn't happen. Bro, at, at worst, it is custom and practice and familiarisation and, you know, lack of cultural diversity. Don't have many people, don't, don't know many, you know, diverse people, don't know them in football. That's the, at worst. At worst, I just don't get that lot, but I know my lot. And that might not be intended to oppress, despite it fundamentally do, actively mm. doing it, right? Yeah. At, um, sorry, at best. At worst, 
these guys are fucking racist. And that, let's not exclude that from being a possibility. There is every chance half of these dudes, half of these motherfuckers have no problem with black athletes, which we've already talked about, are the majority of the NFL, working their bollocks off, putting their bodies on the line, giving them crumbs at the table and you know the promises of changing life. No problem with that. You can run around and I'll sit in the box with my family laughing and clapping. But keys to the building, decision-making, executive positions, it doesn't happen. And there's a fucking reason for it. And there's no point in, uh, we don't need to justify it or, or rationalise it. Yes, fine. At, at best, some people might not get that they're being racist, but they're still being fucking racist. At worst, they are actively doing it. And yeah, and, and that, that's, that's where we're at. 2022 and it's still the same. I you'd, you'd like to think that for the majority of people it's the former of those things, uh, but it'll be it'll it be a bit of both. At this point, doesn't make it better. No, I mean fucking book. But the but the question then is, what needs to happen? Because it's not that's not that's not easy to it's not easy to fix. Um, and the Rooney rule is well, yeah, it's it's window dressing as Pat says. Uh, but that that was some attempt to start to fix it. Um, it's it's, it's not, not work but it's by not itself. doing it though. It's no, not getting it done. No. It's not. It's no longer working, is it? Because... And it actually probably inconveniences people and makes and and causes some some of its own yeah. problems. All you're doing but... is putting Brian Flores through meet through interviews that where he's got no chance of getting the job. You know that's like mm. that, that doesn't help anybody. What? But what do they do? Like, how do you? Well, they need different people only in the organisations. That's it. It's, it's never going to change. <laughs> I'd rather they scrap the Rooney rule because then at least we can see which organisations are actually taking it seriously when it comes to interviewing minority candidates. I think I think if you scrap the Rooney rule, you'd have just as many black head coaches as you do now. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but at least we can see who's getting actually getting yeah. interviews. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> there there probably be interviews for for. Other candidates that oh I, I don't know it's just the pro the problem is how many black American billionaires are there? Well, yeah, <laughs> because because the NFL ultimately you're never going to see you know you need I don't know Kanye's worth a lot of money. Is he going to buy a team? <laughs> is someone going to sell him a team? Yeah, but even but... if you're not even if you're not talking about ownership, which you know I I, I think. We probably want to wrap this up because when you're talking about that, you're talking about land, you're talking about reparations. These people have their money for abhorrent reasons, they, right? Yeah. Families <laughs> and for generations and upon generations, mm. generations where they've just <laughs> raped and pillaged and taken from yeah. people who were there first. So, you know, it, uh, it's 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 a it's a, a, a complete top-down change. I think shifting ownership is really difficult. It's a closed shop. I said they treat it like giving a you know, given a knighthood, um, I think you have to have diversity at board positions, at executive level, where they can, where, where you know, these are publicly traded companies. There should not remain the amount of power and decision-making in just ownership. It should be far more diverse. There are structures that they can put in place. It's, 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 it's laughable. And, and, you know, if we don't, I'm really interested to see how this Brian Forrest thing turns out, because at some point, I think black athletes, you know, 
and even you know you could almost extend this to the college argument at some point you've got to start thinking is this even worth it you know is there a way of us collectively being able to say withhold labor if things don't change Apparently, during recording, Hugh Jackson has come out and said that he was also incentivized to lose games during his tenure as the Browns head coach. Which is a totally separate issue. But <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're any organization that like respects their coach little enough to pay the money to lose games, you're not hearing many white coaches say that they were given that option. And that's going to be expendable coaches because you might earn a few quid, but trust me, you lose a few games, mate, you'll be gone. Yeah. I mean, there, there must be white head coaches that have been incentivized to lose games based on based on this. It's There must be. And yet none of them are talking, which says a lot. Well, yeah, yeah they don't need to. Because they kept jobs. Yeah. They kept jobs. And they, got and, they want, and they want to keep getting jobs. And the boys' club is the biggest thing, isn't it? Because you see that in football as well. You see the same old tired managers picking up jobs at medium clubs and you see managers like Chris Hewton getting kicked out in dubious circumstances and then spending ages between opportunities despite having looked good at his previous clubs. So it's not just the NFL that has this issue he needs to fix. Saw Chris Hewton the other day in the Italian restaurant just down the road. Anyway, must have had a buy. Um, yeah, the... Yeah, I think we 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 should move on. We could be here for we could be here for hours. I mean, and a, a slightly not unrelated bit of news: the Washington football team have come up with their their new brand. Um, I <laughs> I mean, you can't. There's, there's there's no point denying the history of everything that's everything that's happened with it. Uh, they were literally the Redskins two years ago. Um, and they're I still owned it, by a horrendous human being. So. They're still owned by, by Dan <laughs> Schneider. And they have rebranded themselves as the Washington Commandos. Now, I, my question is, they're still playing in the colour of the Redskins brand, right? I, it, I mean, it, it, might not seem a, it might not seem a big thing. And it's, and it's perhaps giving something back to those who want them to retain all their history and everything. And they've always played in burgundy and gold. Now... Would you, if it was me, I'd, I'd like, I'd just refresh everything. I don't know. It, it's just strikes me as, as a bit strange. Now, it feels like a classic. Sorry, it feels like a classic big business trying to not offend anyone decision. So you don't want to lose your old colours because that's your old history. Well, the bit of your history you don't want to whitewash. Probably the wrong word. Sweep under the rug. So they keep the colours and they give themselves a fairly bland name and a fairly bland logo. And what's your mascot going to be if you just call Commanders? I've got no idea. So it's all a bit, it's all very bland. What's wrong with football team? Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, exactly really right. I feel like yeah. that was such a... That kind really of grown on me, right? Captured, it captured what happened, right? It's that you yeah. could celebrate that decision as, a, as an organisation to say, you know, we, we were this, this is what we were, and we were proud. But we reflected, and times move on, and actually, now we're just about football. It would have been such a great. People are fucking idiots. Commanders, <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? That is, they couldn't have like, like literally. They, I, I don't know how they could pick a worse name. Basically, everything they picked that straight away, I might have forgiven it. Like if they come out with it immediately, but having was it two years? How was it taken two years? 
How has it taken two years to get to this? And you look at everything in this rebrand. You look at the name. You look at the the uniforms because they've revamped those. You look at it looks like one of those computer games where they make it for a sport and then they realize they're going to get sued. So they have to come up with something that looks sort of vaguely similar to the team that they're trying to emulate. It just looks like that to me. Do you remember Pro Evo when they didn't have any of the rights for any of the names? That's that is West the Washington Manchester Commanders Reds. for me. Yeah. Fox Strangers. <laughs> that would explain why the years of the Super Bowl wins on the badger incorrect. <laughs> oh well, that yeah, I know. I noticed that they are the years of the Super Bowls rather than the years of the seasons, which just seems, oh, I hate that. Just bugs. That's going. That's going to bug me like the seventeenth game or the jersey numbers or all all of this stuff. But um. Anyway, Washington Commandos will get used to that, I suppose. And you will consistently call them the wrong name, which oh. I'm already enjoying. <laughs> yeah, keep going with Commandos. <laughs> it's fine. It works for me. Literally did that one by mistake that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, other, yeah, wrap up. What else is, yeah, Josh McDaniels has got the Raiders job. Um, he's, I mean, he'll probably go back to New England in a week. <laughs> go back to his old job, I guess. But I've I've seen a press conference with him with like a Raiders polo shirt on, so maybe it'll happen. What do you reckon there? Well, I don't think it's the worst hiring in the world. I think he, from what I've heard about his second uh, go round in in New England, people have said that he has clearly taken the mistakes that he made in in Denver and worked on some of those aspects of his personality that are more abrasive and that were causing issues as a head coach. So and who it's knows? quite a while in between as well. It's yeah. not as if he's just been back back a, as a coordinator for a year or two. It's what, seven or eight years? Must be. I, th- I think I think it's a... I don't hate it as a move. And given given what the Raiders were able to do this year with all of the all of the fluctuations and issues, if he can get them pulling in the same direction as him, I think they'll be a decent team next year. I think you could argue that the fact that McDaniels is getting a third crack at this job after his previous um, debacles <laughs> indicates the systemic problem we've been discussing earlier in the uh, podcast compared to some hires who haven't been made yet. I don't know. I mean, I agree with you in terms of the those pieces but at the same time of all of the people that you see go round and round and round jeff fisher uh he's one of the more talented of that lot jeff fisher's a bit harsh <laughs> he only ever had one other job after think, the titans i think pat's pat's point is right is how is how is mcdaniel's who has you know spectacularly failed when he's Facts. done this job previously and had Tom Brady, who is effectively an offensive coordinator on the field. How is he getting a job before Eric Bieniemy or Byron Leftwich? It's like, I, I don't get it. Don't get it. Well, I'm intrigued to see what happens with Leftwich and Bieniemy because I'm I don't sort think of... Think... There's, not, there's not even any buzz about Bieniemy. There's not any yeah, buzz at the minute about Leslie Frazier. The bill's decent. And he's been, Don't and get it. Yeah, Frazier should be up for a job. The enemy has been very clear that he wants a head coaching job. Even your guy. You, um, um, Mark, Dable. So, no. uh, what, McDaniels? No, the Niners. Oh, yeah, D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, yeah D'Amico Ryans, that's it, not Murray. Um, well, it sounds, like, it sounds like he was potentially going to be 
might be a seriously year too early in, in, the, in the running for the Vikings, but he decided he wanted more time to gain more way, experience. Man, either way, the point stands. It's nonsense. And, and I'm sick of, I don't even want, part of me, like, I know we're obviously on a pod, isn't it? But I'm, I don't want to argue about it. It's like saying the sky is blue. What the fuck are we talking about? What are you saying? <laughs> it's their racist. It's simple as that. Oh, yeah. Whatever way you cut it, whatever way you want to frame it, whatever nuance you want to add to it, the sky is blue, grass is green, the NFL has a problem with race. My, my point was more, I was expecting those guys to start popping up for jobs as the playoffs played out. The fact that the enemy hasn't is, I mean, bizarre. No. But but I'm waiting to see who gets jobs before, you know, if, if those guys don't get jobs this year, it's an absolute fucking atrocious mess. But I'm sort of waiting to see who gets jobs before I'm worried about that stuff. Because I, I thought, how, I thought Leftwich was, be... well, I thought Leftwich was done as a, as a, he's going to the Jags thing. Um, but it seems like the Jags are busy messing that one up. But there's still plenty of hires to happen. Right. Yeah. I, I wonder how much this Flores stuff will distract organizations and might might even go the wrong way i, I, I don't know it's 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 not going to be pleasant seeing how this all this, this all shakes out um, i mean my hope is because you haven't heard many people coming into interview left which post the jaguars i'm hoping something's been agreed in the background there and it's just so. not been they're, finalized they're the or other shenanigans but who knows? That is, that is me being desperately hopeful and not based on any foundation of likelihood whatsoever. But yeah, if we can get him in and we can get Wilson in as GM and fire Bulky into the sun, good. Just as long as you fire Bulky into the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, a lot of people have said, oh, well, you know, you could have, they've been talking about Pedersen and Spielman as a GM or an executive vice president above Bulky or Bulky moves to executive vice president and him. Anything that involves him. Adam Gase is available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there's an example. But the enemy, was... I'm, I was going to say, I thought that I'd seen something. But yeah, he apparently is in significantly in the running for the Broncos job. And I'd love to see him there. I think he would do very good things if they can get a decent quarterback in place. Which? Oh, oh for him to the coordinator there. Because he's not, because the head coach oh, has gone oh, to Nathaniel well. Hackett. Yeah. Oh shit! No, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Nathaniel Hackett, and um, so just so that Rogers can follow him there. Presumably. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe it was the Vikings. I definitely saw one of them today, and I can't remember which one it was. Okay. Right, we've uh, we've flogged this week's horse um, almost <laughs> certainly enough for for one week. Um, yeah, Craig's quiz next week. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um, I, I mean, who, who knows what to expect? Who knows what percentage of it will be accurate? Oh, I think that's the only certainty. It's always accurate. <laughs> Is it? Always accurate. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but before we wrap this up, we'll obviously finish with with any other business. Um, Craig, why don't you uh, why don't you start? Or do you want to go third? Or do you want to snake? I don't know. <laughs> um, I definitely do want to go third. I don't. I don't have a, a great amount of any other business, quite frankly. Um, yeah, look forward to the Super Bowl. That's going to be cool. People running the country are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> big, I thought. I thought laptop. you were going to have a laptop rant, mate. 
Well, I was going to, but then during the call at one point, the wife came in and said that um, it's a two-year warranty. Apparently, they pick it up and bring it back, and if it can't fix it, they replace it. So I won't stress about that until I need to. If all that goes well, then is what next it is. next week's any other business. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, Pat. Uh, so talking about Craig's quiz was a nice segue into this. I was on the tough show last night, the uh, Un-American Football Show. They did a kind of preview of the Super Bowl. Who, who are they? I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's good. I enjoy uh, basically <laughs> teasing Nate and throwing him off his stride, but they also did the most chaotic quiz outside of Craig's quiz that I've ever been involved in. So uh, it's still being edited, I think. But when that comes out, I'll uh, give it a retweet and uh, yeah, enjoy a ridiculously complicated quiz that we all did fairly badly, and apart from Brian, I would say. Shout out to Nate and the, and the, the Tufts. And we... Yeah, in the pipeline at some point, um, we're going to do a, a long snapper versus versus Tufts quiz. Is a, It's going to happen. Um, it's just yeah, co- coordinating. It's an off-season thing. Yeah, hashtag um, off-season content. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, uh, but yeah, we foolishly attempted to do it before the off-season, which was crazy. So we'll do it in the <laughs> off-season. Um, sorry, I cut, in, cut into you there. That's fine. I was just going to say, the other thing I wanted to mention was I see that Saracens Rugby Union have partnered with City Index Investment to club together two things that are arsehole So uh, that's a partnership made in heaven and they can both get in the bin. <laughs> it's normally uh, ball over that with, has the anti-Saracen stuff, um, but we can bring it in here a bit as well. Um, Mark, how are, how are Bath getting on? We've won our last two games. Wow. There you go. <laughs> in fact, they're the first two games we've won this season, so I'll uh, I'll take it. Um, so I've I've got to a point in my life where like I, I've always considered myself fairly tech savvy and fairly like you know I know things that are going on and I understand most things when it comes to technology. So but you texted the... someone called Brian back, and you got the wrong Brian. <laughs> <laughs> But I've, I've, I've got to a point where but I, I'm starting to realise that there are certain things that I, I don't understand. And, and I'm of, of an age now where I'm like, I don't think I care enough to find out. So <laughs> if anybody could tell me what the fuck NFTs are, that would be that would be really appreciated because it's all I hear all the time now. And I haven't got a fucking clue what they are. And I can't work out if it's just me. Or if it's you know if it's something that if you're over over the age of thirty five you don't you don't get it, but I don't get it. So if anyone could tell me what an NFT is, I'd much appreciate it. All you get need it? to know is it's a modern pyramid scheme for tech heads. Fine. So it's not something I need to be bothered about, right? No, just don't buy any. Steer fucking well clear of NFTs <laughs> are the reason I stopped donating money to the World Wildlife Fund. <laughs> but at least you knew enough you, about, I saw you tweet to, about that. I didn't at least understand you knew any of it. about it to know that that was a reason to stop donating money to them. <laughs> I literally like, been like, "What the hell are these?" You you could give us money, or you could pay for us to waste some energy and uh, give us money that way. It's like, or you could not be pricks and ruin the environment as an environmental charity. So what, 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 what are they? Pat? So. They're like oh, an imaginary no. thing that they store somewhere specifically for you, somewhere that no one else can see it, which may appreciate or depreciate in value and will almost certainly depreciate in value. So it's like if you paid me 
10 grand to take a photo of the Mona Lisa for you and put it in a drawer that you knew that was yours and that's there saved in that drawer for you forever. But the, the monetary value on it is just imaginary. Except, Pat, it's not in the drawer. You, anyone else can go and look at that photo of the Mona Lisa, but somewhere somewhere engraved on it says property of Mark. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So why are people spending a shitload of money on these things? <laughs> because they're idiots. Am I missing something? <laughs> no, it's a pyramid just, scheme. It's what it's, Rich describes it the best. It's right. it's a it's a FOMO based pyramid scheme. Right. Good. So next week, cryptocurrency. I don't get that either. So if you could <laughs> learn me on that, that would also be good. Maybe that's maybe that's the uh, journey over to Adams for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Trust yeah. me. After twenty minutes, you'll be begging to hear about anything else putting music on <laughs> you don't want to know mate fine good thank you rich, rich will put some uh put some something mainstream that you could sing along to <laughs> on i'm sure <laughs> we'll have we'll have weezer all the way over oh i love that yes. oh that, that, would, that would be um pat yeah no you've been rich <laughs> Well, I, I made a note for my OB uh, because I didn't think things would move quite as quickly as they have. But shout out to Joe Lysett for his uh, Sue Gravy tweet from earlier <laughs> in the week. Wow. <laughs> Just absolutely. This was the thing. I was I saw it and I got to about point four and went, oh, OK, this is this is like a, a joke hoax thing that someone's released. I didn't even know it was him to start with, but he was apparently angry and bored. And so. He made up this thing, made it look like an official government uh, uh, letter. If you haven't seen it, just go to Joe Lysett's Twitter and go have a look. The thing that struck me about a day later was seeing all these stories about how Joe Lysett had created chaos and had panicked the government and how it was ridiculous that he'd you know, caused so much of a problem for them and how he should be ashamed of himself and blah, 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 all these kind of talking head idiot types. What worried me about seeing that was, if that's the case, then all of this utterly ridiculous stuff that he's put into this thing can't have been that far from the truth. And now that the truth has come out, that's exactly true. <laughs> the chaos was already there. That's their point. And the fact nobody, that it was nobody is absolute shocked. volumes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just... Well, well done, Joe Lyser. I, I like him anyway. And this has only made me like him more. Yeah, the response to it was excellent as well. Um, I'm going to finish by mentioning a transfer that happened on deadline day, um, which and 90% of football transfers are because things have gone south or that or that someone's just furthering their career. Um, but Delhi has moved from Spurs to Everton for potentially up to 40 million, um, depending on how it works out, which is a sensible way of doing things. Uh, but the whole the whole message about this was it was done how something should be done. Um, it was a transfer that suited both parties. It suited the player because his career's gone off off a bit. It's not quite gone as it should, as all the, the promise should have been. And I think it's very rescuable in the right environment. Um, and he's left. He's He had a excellent rapport with the fans at Spurs, still does. Um, and he's left on very good terms and he's done a really sort of genuine statement. He's done a video um, and he will he will go back to Spurs and be warmly welcomed and cheered. And every single person I've spoken to has not a hint of resentment. They just want him to go off and do well. 
Um, and it was the right move for him. It was the right move for everybody. And it's just, and there was just loads of loads of love everywhere about it. Um, and it's so unusual uh, in the highest the highest division of one of the worst sports in the world for you to get that kind of impression from from something. Um, so that was it. Um, go well, Deli Ali. One of awesome. my favourite things from uh, from transfer deadline day was the signing of um, the Barcelona signing Adama Traore, which means that they now have two of the three attacking players from the 2018 Middlesbrough team. <laughs> <laughs> so if um, if Britta Sombolonga is listening, um, I'm sure Barcelona <laughs> would take you and um, you two can re- get the band back together. How are Barcelona making signings? I thought they were broke three times over and yet uh, somehow they're throwing money at transfers and players. It's because they're signing the 2018 <laughs> For a lot of money. It's well, it's I, I find it, it shows how ridiculous football is. That, I mean, you know, that's three years ago. That, that At that point, Barcelona had Neymar, Messi <laughs> and, um, and, you know, now, uh, they've that, got, you, now they've got Neymar, that. Messi, and uh, that's the Middlesbrough 2024 attack, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly it's going to be. <laughs> well, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, there's got to be someone at Middlesbrough's front office desperately scrambling through their contracts to find out how much money they can get out of Barcelona or, or from the sell-on clauses that they should have included. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, quite brilliant, Matt. Excellent. Right, I think that'll do it. Um, enjoy... Well, what have we got? It's, it's a Pro Bowl this weekend. Nobody cares about that. And what? it's in Vegas. Of course, it's in Vegas. Yeah. Love the fact that Josh Allen turned down the invite as an alternate to that. He went, you know what? I'm not interested. <laughs> are they, Mike Vrabel and uh, both our coordinators are going there to coach it. What a kick in the teeth. I, mean, you can't, I, I guess you can't say I'm injured as a coach, can you? <laughs> you you've got to go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, do I think have, it's the Packers as well. Do they have to or can they go now, mate? Not interested. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it means a lot to some people. But... I can't imagine Vrabel wanting to do anything less. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I can imagine Vrabel very much enjoying going out on the lash in Vegas for a week. Exactly. Oh, he, he don't get twisted, mate. They will fucking <laughs> love it, mate. All expenses, all the boys. Yeah. In Vegas, yes, please. Yeah, fair. Exactly. Fair. Speaking of out on the lash, someone should let John Elway know that turning up to work hungover is better than saying you're on the side effects of ivermectin. <laughs> what? <laughs> God almighty. And on that bombshell, it's time to end. Um, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Frank's quiz. Go well. highlighting and previewing next week's show not as the super bowl preview but as craig's quiz show (laughs) (laughs) the only thing that matters yeah it is oh there are gonna be so many super bowl previews out there nobody nobody (laughs) wants another one we should just do the quiz no one else has got craig's quiz though no